Hello, it's Anthony Chadwick from the Webinar Vet, welcoming you to another of our podcast episodes, Vet Chat. Very fortunate today to have Sarah Mackle on the line. Sarah is a veterinary surgeon and works for Vetster, which is one of the telemedicine platforms originating in Canada, but now working also in the UK. And uh, Sarah, perhaps welcome first to the podcast, but perhaps tell us a little bit about your history and your background before we we start asking more about telemedicine and, and Vetster and so on. Well, thank you very much for having me here today, Anthony. I'm thrilled to be here um, and love to talk about virtual care and telemedicine. Uh, It's a passion of mine. Um, So as you referenced in my introduction, I am a a veterinarian. I went to school here um, at the University of Guelph in Ontario, Canada, and uh, graduated some time ago. Um, I, as a small animal practitioner, I owned a small animal practice just outside of Toronto um, for almost 20 years. And um, I've always been particularly interested in tech in addition to veterinary medicine. I grew up um, with a father who worked for IBM, so technology was a part of my DNA growing up. Um, And when I transitioned out of practice ownership um, in 2018, I had um, sort of a few years prior to that really started getting intrigued with the telemedicine and and the delivery of veterinary care via virtual means, uh, and then transitioned my practice um, into a a corporate network in 2018 and started to explore the space a little bit more. Uh, And then in 2020, I was uh, approached by the founders of Vetster and uh, you know, kind of got interested in what they were doing. And I joined the Vetster team in mid 2020 um, as the platform and the software was being developed and the business plan was kind of rolling out. Uh, so I've been a part of the organization basically from the beginning. And uh, you know, I'm really passionate, as I've already mentioned, um, about virtual care and uh, play you know a pretty important role in the software program and, and what we're doing uh, internally. So Sarah, that's great. And obviously you come from a lovely part of the world. Well, I've, I've been to it's a super vet school, but it's a lovely area, that part of Ontario as well, isn't it? Uh, I'm I'm pretty partial to it. Live in a nice rural property. We have uh, some chickens and ducks and a bunch of dogs and cats, as I'm sure people can understand. And uh, my son actually is attending the University of Guelph now too. So uh, I'm I'm pretty partial to this part of the world, world for sure. Although I'm excited to come to the UK um, soon. <laughs> it, it's interesting because I, I think your story is a little bit like mine. I I was a vet in practice developed webinar vet which is obviously very technical um doing that because i had an interest in 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 all of the sort of internet and so on and you know my dad didn't work for ibm but nevertheless it it was a it was something that i saw the the potential for and i think that's become more and more apparent hasn't it over the last few years particularly with the pandemic how much technology helped us personally but also from a business sense over that whole period absolutely and I think um you know if I'm asked 
the direct question, what, you know, why are you doing this, Sarah? Why are you involved uh, with a telemedicine platform? You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty quick to raise sort of my two pillars of, of what bring me, what bring me to work, what make me want to be a part of this. And I think um, both of these sort of areas that are, are drive me to be a part of things uh, were issues with our profession and, and our uh, ability to meet patients prior to the pandemic, but certainly the pandemic forced us all to really come to terms with with virtual everything um, and really pushed um, the opportunity for advancing virtual care in the veterinary field, you know, really fr- front and foremost. And so the two, the two areas that I'm particularly passionate about that I see the opportunity for the veterinary profession um, to really have a you know capitalize on when it comes to administering virtual care first and foremost um you know that for our veterinary professionals balancing that you know precarious ever challenging work-life balance becoming a virtual care practitioner uh, and adding that to the the variety of career paths um, for veterinarians is really exciting for me. You know, it's a, a little bit less labor intensive, and uh, I think that there's um, many folks within the industry who could use a you know a different avenue to continue to practice. And I'm really excited about that opportunity for us as veterinarians. And then, of course, um, you know, I think that there's a, a a real role and a real piece in supporting the access to qualified veterinary care that virtual care or telemedicine brings to our profession because there is such a demand, an overwhelming demand for veterinary care. And I know that's the case, not just in North America, but also in the UK and and truthfully globally. And so the access to care piece is another part that I'm really committed to and feel very passionate about. It's definitely been exacerbated not only by the pandemic but also Brexit in the UK where we separated from the EU which meant that the number of vets dropped and of course the pandemic a lot of people took on pets so I know it's been very busy and I think it's really important if I may say that you as medical director of vets to have a very long history of being a practicing vet which not only adds credibility but gives you that experience of you've seen so much haven't you that that helps in how Vetsta may be developed so perhaps tell us a little bit about uh, Vetsta and and how that got started so some of the back story from Vetsta great question um so we our two co-founders come from a technology background not a veterinary medicine background and their business idea and concept actually came to fruition in late 2019 uh, and in early to mid 2020 pre-pandemic they had actually begun developing the software technology uh, and then as I previously mentioned um, I was I met the two co-founders and joined the team in early sorry pardon me mid 2020 and have really um, helped to sort of bring the veterinary industry perspective into the technology part and so we are uh, we find ourselves now um, just over two years into market um, where we've been actively accepting and 
completing appointments on the platform here in North America. And we, you know, we definitely feel that we're the fastest veterinary telehealth platform connecting licensed veterinarians with pet owners via video voice and uh, online chat enabled uh, functionality. Um, and so I think one of the most unique things about our platform is that we're currently the only major platform that are really empowering veterinarians to um, join our platform and provide virtual care and, um, you know, utilize our software and technology to really grow and develop their own virtual practices. Uh, and so it's... Um, you know, it's a really unique perspective at, in the telemedicine space um, in contrast to a lot of the other, um, you know, operations that are, that are offering virtual care. Fantastic. And, and what made you uh, bring the platform to the UK? Because I, I know there's already some vets that are using Vetster in the UK for probably the last six to 12 months. So tell us a little bit about that story as well. Well, we're really excited about the response that we've received from both pet owners and the veterinary community here in North America. You know, it's um, it's been a very rewarding uh, place to be in. So, you know, very positive response from from pet owners who are are accessing the care, um, and additionally from veterinarians who are reaching out, who are joining the platform and are, are really seeing success on the platform. And it was this success in North America that really made us want to, to share the opportunity, you know, across the pond um, in the UK. And eventually, um, you know, fairly shortly, we have the intent of expanding more globally as well. Uh, mostly driven by the positive feedback from both the veterinary community and the pet owning community. And I should, I say pet owning, but I would also love to mention that our veterinarians on our platform at this point in time, we've treated over 20 different species virtually. So it's not just a small animal sort of driven platform. Um, we've seen everything from our traditional companion animal species, um, but you know, into the exotics and even um you know we have some equine and even sheep and and cattle patients as well that have been treated fantastic explain to me perhaps how telemedicine is in north america it's obviously an area that is developing in the uk and obviously also the regulation around telemedicine in the uk how does it work with physical practices and the virtual practices, how, how do we bring those together so that they support and, uh, and benefit each other? I think that's another really fabulous question. And certainly in North America, just as I understand in the UK, um, you know, it's the regulatory piece is actively evolving. What we see in North America um, unfortunately, is a very fragmented process and system, um, certainly in, in the United States and in Canada, each state and province, so, you know, 50 states, nine, 10 provinces here in Canada, have their own independent regulatory bodies uh, governing the uh, delivery of, of virtual care along with veterinary care in general. And we see quite a spectrum of adoption um, and willingness to sort of extend 
the opportunity to to its full potential. For example, here in Ontario, uh, where I'm licensed and, and I practice, we've actually got a very progressive regulatory body here that have been really, quite frankly, in North America and probably globally, leading the way when it comes to evolving veterinary regulations to be able to support the legal, ethical, um, you know, practice of virtual care and telemedicine. And how do we, how do we marry virtual care and, and the brick, traditional bricks and mortar, mortar practice? I think that, you know, one thing that uh, we advocate, I talk a lot about when I'm talking about what Vetster is doing is we are not interested in being a replacement for uh, a bricks and mortar practice. We are looking to complement and support bricks and mortar. Um, and, and I think that that marrying between the in-person care and the virtual care for pet owners ultimately is what I see the future of the savvy pet owner looking for as well. And so I think we have a lot of work to do in our profession to build the regulations to enable and support the practice of, of telemedicine. Um, I think that it's a slow process. It always is. Um, and I think we have a lot to learn. But I think what we can also talk about and share is that in the last two years, uh, you know, certainly here in Canada and in Ontario specifically, with the with the adoption of virtual care, you know, there's been very low to no complaints or concerns raised to the regulatory bodies in terms of care that's been given virtually. And so how do we get this, you know, comfort level and this, this knowledge that, you know, virtual care practitioners are doing a really great job and helping, um, you know, broadly spread, I think is important. Um, and and certainly, I know in the UK there is um, you know a lot of uh, the regulations talk about the um, physical availability of a veterinarian uh, when it comes to the potential of prescribing through virtual care. And I think that's an area that, if I understand correctly, there is a lot of sort of time being devoted to and conversation to to look at those regulations and how we modernize them. Mm. And I think what telemedicine does for me, in a sense, it, you know, Sarah, we've had this forever because, of course, we would jump on the phone and give advice over the phone. But that was always a little bit lacking because, of course, you couldn't see the dog. On the whole, we didn't tend to charge for that because it was seen as part of a service. Whereas, actually, sometimes by triaging, that may save the client having to come in anyway. We just get more information once you add video and you can see the patient and, you know, can can talk to the client face to face, don't you? Exactly. And, you know, it's one of the um, the points I frequently like to raise when I'm speaking to, to colleagues at events, um, when we're talking about telemedicine and virtual care, you know, a lot of folks are, are trepidatious about it and, and have concerns about how it can possibly be done and I, I frequently like to remind members of an audience that might be listening to me that for those of us who've had a telephone in our practice and an email connection we have been providing virtual care for decades uh, we just didn't call it this or we didn't call it telemedicine mm. um, and I think that's an interesting like 
light bulb moment a lot of the time. And I think pr- platforms like like Betster or, um, or or ways in which we can incorporate monetizing the advice that we give and the virtual care that we're providing are really important for the long-term health of our profession as well. Definitely. And I think also a couple of points. We've obviously got a lot of people in the profession who perhaps aren't practicing because of family commitments or whatever. And this, I think, could very easily fit in, and I'm sure it already is doing, please tell, for somebody to do a couple of days a week, which keeps them in the swing of things where they can be doing this from home rather than in a practice. And that can take some pressure off the people in the practice who are working. I know at the moment, certainly in the UK, and I'm sure it's the same in Canada and America, working very hard, seeing all the patients that are coming in, but potentially with maybe not the right number of vets actually in the practice because recruitment is is probably the big issue of the time, isn't it? That practices, a lot of practices are understaffed. Absolutely, Anthony. And I, you know, I think in my opinion, you just hit the nail on the head. And uh, as I referenced earlier, two of the, you know, one of the two big reasons why I find myself in this space and advocating and educating folks about the opportunity is this chance for veterinary practitioners to stay in the field, um, to continue to be able to practice, albeit in a different modality, um, but versus the alternative of leaving the profession altogether. And this ability of a virtual care practitioner to support their practice, even though they're not physically able to be there, is a massive unlock for for everyone in, in this community. Definitely. I think the other point is, you know, we've just, I'm saying coming through, we don't know what the, the next uh, autumn, winter will hold, but Hopefully, please God, we're, we're through the worst of the pandemic. But obviously, you know, some of these, whether these pandemics will become more common because of global warming, closeness to wild animals, which, you know, potentially was the cause of COVID-19. This actually future proofs us for potentially future times where it may be difficult to get hold of vets for whatever reason. We, we were very much in the infancy at the beginning of 2020. We've learned a lot over the last two years. So please God, there isn't another one, but if there is, we'll be much more prepared for these sort of events. And of course, as as you've said, if you're in a rural area and there isn't much veterinary care in that area, it acts as a service within those more isolated communities as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. And I think um, you know, you've raised another key point that I think it's very important as a community and as a profession that we don't lose the opportunity and the learnings that we have had the oppor- that we've had the chance to to acquire during the pandemic and just push virtual care and telemedicine aside thinking oh you know we're over that and we don't need it anymore now is the time for us to really lean in and action what we've learned and the good that has become of this opportunity thanks to the pandemic and hopefully as you've said we we don't we aren't faced imminently with anything else um, but we would 
be foolish not to carry on the path um, and continue to expand this this space because it's only doing good. Sarah, you know, we were talking at the beginning about where you're from. I know the area quite well because I've got family in, in Ontario. But you're coming to the Big Smoke. You're coming to London next month with the Vetster team for London Vet Show. Tell us a little bit about that. You, presumably, you've got a stand uh, at, at the show. And, and perhaps for people listening on the podcast who are in the UK area, who are going to London Vet Show, there's maybe an opportunity to actually see how this uh, platform works and, and how it could work for people who, who maybe are at London Vet Show and want to come over and have a chat with you. Absolutely, Anthony. Thank you for um, inviting this conversation. I personally and the entire Vetster team are so incredibly excited uh, to come and visit. Uh, you know, the, the at the London Vet Show, we're thrilled to be able to meet with veterinarians and and practice owners and decisions decision makers, um, and to share our experience. So we. Uh, you know, as I referenced earlier, the overwhelmingly positive feedback um, has just been so uplifting and really, you know, for me personally, has given me such wind behind my sails to, to take this over the pond. Um, we are going to be at the, at the vet show, as you referenced, and we will ha- we do have a booth, which we're super excited about as well. We'll be at booth P number sorry, booth number P15. Um, and we'll have our team there, um, you know, eager, as long as the time change doesn't affect us too much, um, eager and excited to be meeting with veterinarians and absolutely, you know, giving uh, demos, talking about our opportunity. I also um, am giving a presentation, a, a talk on Friday morning, um, you know, talking about our experience, about in North America um, and about, you know, the opportunities that that we see, that I see for virtual care um, in the next two to five years as well. So I'd love to host anyone who's interested to come and listen to me speak. Um, I love to talk. So <laughs> I'm excited about that. Um, and of course, you know, we're going to have, you know, the traditional goodies to entice you to come and visit us with a, a draw and a prize and all those sort of things at our booth. Well, it's always good to have somebody who likes to chat to me. I've been really honoured that you've taken time to come onto the podcast. I think it is a really interesting area. One of our value words at Webinar Vet is innovation. You know, we cannot stand still as a profession. We are, I think, potentially still quite conservative with a small c, but actually change happens and we either decide to be a part of change or we let change chain, you know, be, be the one that moulds us. So, I think it's it's really important that we're having these conversations that we can see what's happening in in the future and to to embrace that because you know change I think can be worrying but the one certainty in life is that change comes and and change is happening very quick with technology so we we I think have a an obligation as vets not only for our own professional lives but also to the patients that we look at how tech can help us to do our jobs even better. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that I haven't necessarily spoken to yet at this point, but that I I see and I believe, and, uh, you know, we've done a lot of user research on um, from, from our platform perspective, 
is that the truth of the matter is that the pet owning public are going to demand this type of access to care. Uh, you know, yes. as we look at the demographic, the changing demographic of the pet owner, um, it, you know, they are virtual and digitally nascent and, you know, they everything is digital first. And so if we, if again, if we don't take this opportunity to meet them where they want to be, we're going to lose the opportunity. We ignore the opportunity at our peril, don't we? I firmly believe that. Sarah, it's been fantastic speaking to you. I'm really looking forward to meeting you uh, at London Vet Show. People listening to this after London Vet Show, you've missed them, but I'm sure there'll be an opportunity um, to chat to vets. To, um, perhaps you can give us a, a contact email uh, that we could have if there are people listening to the podcast who want to follow up the conversation with you, Sarah. Absolutely. Um, if if you're not able to make it to the London Vet Show or you're catching this podcast afterwards, uh, we do have um, tons of information available at, right on our website, right on the platform at vetster, V-E-T-S-T-E-R.com. Um, you will find that we have a very robust live chat support available where you can speak to one of our agents um, asking questions who can then put you directly in touch with our veterinary support team, um, which includes myself and Jennifer um, Steele, who will also be at the show. And, uh, you know, our email addresses, if you just wanted to reach out via email instead, are super simple as well. So it's Jennifer with two N's at vetster.com or Sarah with an H, S-A-R-A-H at vetster.com. Sarah, thanks once again. It's a really fascinating, fast-moving area. I'm sure we will have much more to speak about when we're at London Vet Show together. I'm looking forward to meeting you and thank you so much for giving us your time today. Likewise. Thanks everybody for listening. I'm Anthony Chadwick from the Webinar Vets. See you on a podcast very soon. Bye-bye.